Hi, this is Daniel James, and this is the podcast of Triple R's The Mission, a weekly radio show exploring the issues that impact the lives of Aboriginal people and those at the wrong end of social justice in this country. The Mission is broadcast live on Triple R each Tuesday evening. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website. You're listening to The Mission on 3RRR and I am Vanessa Morris. I am a proud Yorta Yorta Jajawrong and Wiradjuri woman and I usually present a show on Triple R called Everyday People. However, tonight I am filling in for Daniel James and it's really lovely to be here. And before I continue things, I want to say a quick thanks to Vaughan for another excellent show of Double Bounce. I'm always loving it and I also also want to take a moment to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land in which I am broadcasting from the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and pay my respects to elders past present and emerging I would also like to acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening into this program right now Sovereignty has never ceded and it always was and always will be Aboriginal land. As always, it is an honour to fill in on the mission and on tonight's show, I'm really lucky, lucky to be joined by a couple of special guests and later in the show, I will be joined by Tariki Onus, a Yoda Yoda and Jajawarong artist, filmmaker, academic, and they are also the head of the Willen Centre for Indigenous Arts and Cultural Development at the Faculty of Arts and music at the Melbourne at the <laughs> University of Melbourne and we'll be having a yarn about a documentary that they co-directed called Ablaze which is being premiered and screened as part of the upcoming Melbourne International Film Festival that you also may know as MIF and that's happening later this month and Ablaze is a film about Tariki's grandfather Bill Onus, a Yoda Yoda and Wiradjuri man and a leading activist that you may be familiar with and they did a lot of work in working towards and campaigning for Aboriginal rights since I guess they were born basically in Kamaragunja early in the early 1900s and they also appeared to be a filmmaker quite possibly the first Aboriginal filmmaker which comes to light in the documentary which I'm super excited to learn more about later in this show and also first up I will be having a chat with Palawa woman and artist Thelma Beaton about an exhibition which is currently on display in Brunswick at Cunahan Gallery and it's called Banya Banya Nonta and it's presented by The Torch which it presents a number of artworks by Thelma and Stacey, a Tanarong and Bunwarong woman. So stick around to learn more about that. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. Triple R is listener-supported radio and receives no direct government funding. If you would like to financially support Triple R by donating or becoming a subscriber, hit up the Triple R website to find out how. 
As mentioned earlier, I'm really excited to be joined by Palawa woman and artist Thelma Beaton. And we are here to talk about an exhibition called Banya Banya Nonta. And Thelma, thank you so much for joining me on the air right now. It's really lovely to have you here on the mission to have a yarn. Thanks so much again. And I just wanted to also ask, how are you this evening? Yeah, I'm pretty good, thanks. I've had a really good day. So, um, yeah, I'm travelling along nicely. But, yeah, thanks for having me as well. Yeah, of course. I'm really excited to talk all about the exhibition, Banya Banya Nonta. And I really love the name of the exhibition. And for those listening at home, are you able to explain a bit more behind the name of it and why that's the name that was chosen for this exhibition? Okay. Um, So it was chosen because um, it means sister in um, both Stacey's language and my language. Um, Mm. Yeah, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why we chose it, because we call each other sisters, like we're best friends. Um, Yeah, we've known each other since we were kids. Um, Our mums used to know each other and... um, yeah, so once we went to prison, we um, formed a really good friendship in there and um, mm. stuck tight with each other and, you know, just um, we're really loyal and, mm. and you know, our friendship's really strong. So, yeah, I'm really lucky to have Stacey. Yeah, beautiful. And I yeah. love that connection that we can have with our sisters, whether we're necessarily related or not. And yeah. the friendship with, with you and Stacey sounds like a really strong and beautiful one. Uh, can, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I can tell her anything and she yeah. always understands. She's always there for me. Most of the um, Koori girls in, inside her are awesome, like, they're really helpful, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, that's really nice. And with yeah. that special bond that you have with Stacey and with this exhibition where both your art and Stacey's art is on display together, does, does that feel like a really special thing for you? Yeah, it does. It's like, mm. um, it's like a, it's almost like a celebration of what we've been through, you know, like mm. it's, probably the best outcome you could get coming from prison and um you know since I've been out and I've stuck to the program um you know like I've just been kicking goals you know I've just been working as hard as I can and you know I've only been getting good results like I haven't been back to jail for three years so um and I plan on staying out you know so yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. And this the exhibition is presented by The Torch. Can you just describe a bit more for those listening as to what The Torch is? Um, yeah, um, The Torch is an organisation that um, they run a program in jail for Indigenous people mm. and we go along to class and it's Korea art class. Oh, yeah. And... Um, yeah, you get given, like, a paintbrush canvas and paint, and mm. you get told to paint whatever you like. And mm. um, if you're not familiar with your background or, like, much about your culture, um, they'll also provide you some information as well. So you also 
culture as well. Oh, yeah. So um, yeah, I didn't know any. I didn't know what my totem was. I didn't even know what my tribe was called. And um, you know, so I went to jail not knowing that, and come out knowing that. And then yeah. now I'm now I've um, recently just flown over to Tasmania to yeah. to um, see my family's land and you know learn about my culture over there. And yeah, it's been beautiful. Like it's a blessing. Mm. Like what the torch has done. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It sounds like a really amazing initiative to connect mob to culture and country in the like in prison I guess oh. yeah yeah it is like I was disconnected from my family for about six years yeah. and you know I was I wasn't very I didn't, wasn't feeling very good and you know I was living on the streets and I was doing it really hard and like I just ended up at a really low point in my life and ended up in prison and um, you know, I went in there, getting in touch with my family, um, getting in touch with my culture, like, you know, just learning um, the simplest things like the tribe and um, my totem, you know, was, you know, just kicked yeah. it off for me, you know, like, yeah, yeah. all I do is paint emus now and bees. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, like, I... Yeah, so, yeah. And I noticed that emus are definitely a prominent animal in a lot of your artworks, and you're talking yeah. about totems. Um, yeah. Can you describe that connection for those listening out there? Um, I don't know what to really say about um, the connection, but, yeah. like, something really freaky happened when I went back to Tasmania. Yeah. Um, like, when I was back there... Um, they just happened to find an emu egg while I was in Tasmania, and there hasn't been one found for like 200 years. So everyone, all my family, was saying that I brought the spirit to the emu back. So, I, like, I believe in that kind of like um, coincidental like connection, like something like that happened. And yeah, maybe it wouldn't have happened if I didn't go there. Who knows? But um. Yeah, like a totem yeah. is a spirit guide to life and, yeah. um, you know, um, you're supposed to protect it and look after it and, um, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. And for those listening out there, I've been lucky to have a conversation and I'm currently chatting with Thelma Beaton who has their artwork on display at the Banya Banya exhibition Nonta exhibition which is at Cunahan Gallery in Brunswick and Thelma I just wanted to ask a bit about the exhibition and I know that I have, haven't personally been to the gallery myself in person although I have seen it virtually and it looks like a really incredible space can you describe how your artworks are presented around so then people have a bit of an understanding yep. of what to expect yep Okay, so you walk in and on your left, um, you've got the first painting, which is a collaboration painting um, that Stacey and I done together. So it's Stacey's background with my emus and bees on top. Yeah, and then we've got a um, TV screen with um, a bit of audio playing of um, interviews of me and Stacey um, yeah. explaining a... Um, experience that happened to us while we were inside yeah, right. um yeah a couple of glass flew over the top of us and they oh, were yeah. 
screaming just as loud as what we were. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we felt connected to our, you know, spirits. And, mm. yeah, we thought our ancestors were calling us. And, yeah, it was it was a really good experience. And then on another wall we've got um, two cork boards. One's mine, one's Stacey's. Mm. And um, it's similar to what we, the cork board we would have had in our cells when we were yeah. in prison. And, um, like, we've just got cards on there from friends and family and photos and um, letters and, um, you know, just little things that light up our life. We've yeah. got them on our notice board so people get yeah. a personal touch of how we are as people, I suppose. Yeah. And then um, we've got another wall with um, small canvases and... Um, my um, paintings are just stories um, or, like, experiences from in prison. Um, mm. And um, one of them being, like, me sending in wool to Stacey um, so she can knit blankets and scarves and jumpers and stuff. Um, yeah, so I've got an emu with a woolen ball. Um, on the other wall, there's a... There's three of my paintings, which um, are of me and Stacey in prison, um, one of them is walking laps, which is what everyone pretty much does. Um, and then we've got five of Stacey's, I think, in the middle, and she's, like, sharing stories. Like, one a bit, one is about um, her disconnection from her kids. Um, you know, like, she loves her children so much, but, you know, she hasn't been in their life, you know, due to, you know... Um, domestic violence and, you know, you know, just, it's a hard life, you know, so, you know, um, you know, she's experienced it all and, um, you know, so that's my favourite painting that Stacey's done and then there's another three of mine which um, I call them the Echo ones and they have lines that go around the emu which um, I think resemble emotions and feelings Mm. and, um, yeah, so... Yeah, that's pretty much the whole gallery there. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. And with your yeah. art as well, and I've definitely yep. checked it out for myself, and you, you use yep. such beautifully bright and vibrant colours. And can you just ex- describe what your art practice is like? Um, well, I aim to inspire the eye of children. Yeah, cool. So my artwork is very childlike. Yeah. It's very simple. It's very colourful. Mm. Um, and I just use, um, like stories from when I was growing up, like being at the beach with my cousins or being camping out the bush, um, you know, um, just like I've got a painting in there about my uncle Tom, um, you know, and he taught me things when I was a kid, like you can't live without your brain and you must look after it, you know. So he taught me things like that. So I never forgot that. So, um, you know, um, they're things that I carry with me nowadays in life, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but they're just bright and colourful and, mm. like, kids look at them and love them, yeah. you know, but adults love them too as yeah, well. Yeah. Like, adults, yeah, they just, I don't know, they make everyone laugh and smile. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, they even make touch people's hearts because mm. some stories, like one of my um, artworks is about domestic violence, you know, yeah. and Stacey and I have been, 
victims of that, and um, which isn't good. But we you know we're just trying to make it bright and colourful and make mm. it, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. try and put a light on 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 the such dark situation, you know. So, yeah. And yeah, so that's what I try and do. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Thanks so much yeah. for sharing that. And I know yeah. that art in itself, in whatever medium it is that people choose, can be a really powerful mm. practice in expressing ourselves, whether it's the doing of the art or whether it's the images that we create. And for the work that you've been creating, do, have you kind yeah. of found it useful in that way of just, I don't know, as a, a bit of an Healing. outlet? Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. it is. Um, like, I mean, I've been out of jail three years, so I've been working hard at painting flat out. And, mm. um, like, I've been on roller coaster rides, like, during the whole time. Like, I was living in a motel, um, waiting for a house to come up, and, like, that was really hard. I faced challenges, like, yeah. you know, just with drugs and you know, stuff like that, um, you know, just trying not to argue and people, like, stealing and, you know, just trying to keep my head down and focus. Like, I'm not an angel, but I'm not a devil either. Like, mm. I'm a good person just trying to have a go. So, mm. like, I've faced all these challenges and, you know, experienced a lot, I think. And, um, you know, like, I'm just trying to make the most of the best I can, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's really so, me. Yeah. Yeah, it's not always um easy but no. I you know, I work hard at mm. trying to be positive and focus on the good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Th- thanks again so much for sharing and it sounds like you've been pretty busy with creating art still and do you have yeah. do you still I guess maybe have any kind of ideas of things that you might want to do in future in terms of art projects? Well I've got um, my one of my goals is to um, illustrate a children's book oh, awesome. so I'm, I'm hoping that like somebody loves my art so much they mm. want me to paint the, the pictures for their book yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, and maybe, um, like, get my artwork onto um, some clothing as well, yeah, yeah. like, like um, maybe on a dress or something or yeah. a T-shirt, yeah. Yeah, great. Thanks so much for coming on the mission and having a yarn with me, Thelma. And for those... Thanks for having me. Thanks for... uh, Sorry. For those listening at home, you can definitely check out Thelma's work at the Cunahan Gallery on Sydney Road in Brunswick, which I believe is on display until the 5th of September. Yep, that's right. Yeah, thanks again so much, Thelma. It's been really lovely to learn more about the exhibition and learn more about your art practice and just everything that you've been sharing over the last little while. And I'm looking forward to seeing more of your stuff in future as well and highly recommend everyone else go and check out the exhibition and check out Thelma's work. It's just so beautifully vibrant and I know that when I look at it, I definitely feel quite, I don't know happy or there's just something about it that I really love and yeah I just wanted to say thanks again for jumping on and having a conversation with me Thelma no worries and you'll have to um try and get down there and check it out yourself 
Yeah, I, I know that I definitely yeah. will, and yeah. so should everyone yeah. else. Good. Thank you. I'm glad. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. Triple R is listener-supported radio and receives no direct government funding. If you would like to financially support Triple R by donating or becoming a subscriber, hit up rrr.org.au to find out how. You're listening to The Mission on 3RRR and my name is Vanessa Morris and up next I am really excited to now be joined by Yori Yora and Jaja Warung, artist, filmmaker and academic Tariki Onest and we're going to be talking about a film they co-directed called Ablaze which is being screened as part of the Melbourne International Film Festival which you may know as MIF and the film is about a about Tariki's grandfather, Bill Onis, a leading Yorta Yorta and Wiradjuri activist. And you may be familiar with them as they've done a lot of work for a long time over the years. And they also appear to be the first Aboriginal filmmaker as well, which comes to light in the documentary, which I'm really excited to now have the yarn with Tariki about. Tariki, thanks so much for joining me on the show. It really is a lovely pleasure to have you join me right now. How are you going? Oh, I'm going quite well. It's a real honour to be here. I've just walked out of the Australian Centre for Moving Image where I've been presenting it there our monthly First Nations Film Club, yeah, yeah. Uh, talking about this um, this very same topic, but it's uh, it's a very exciting time to yeah. uh, to be engaging, to be yarning, and and to be resurrecting a story that's mm. really been been about seventy five years in the making now. Yeah, yeah, and it is a part of the upcoming Melbourne International Film Festival. Mm. And for those listening in at home, can you tell us a bit more about the documentary? Sure. The documentary Ablaze is pretty much centres around the story of my grandfather, Bill Onus, who has quite a long and storied history in and around Melbourne here especially, but it also focuses on the community of uh, of Aboriginal Mm. Melbourne, especially around Fitzroy in the 1940s, Mm. and really all came to light because of a film that was Mm. found by my co-director, Alec Morgan, in an archive in Canberra about six or seven years ago now. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. And that was... Oh, sorry. It's been a long journey to make the film, but Mm. uh, to make a blaze, certainly. But it has brought to light some extraordinary stories from the broader community. It's been inc- an incredibly empowering and, and reaffirming process to go through and has also, I think, been quite significant in rewriting the way we think about the type of voice that, that black activists mm-hmm. were using in the mid-20th century mm-hmm. and certainly paints a much broader picture of the of the ingenuity that uh, that people like my grandfather Bill and his contemporaries uh, like Honey um, Edna Brown, Honey Joyce Johnson, mm. Uncle Ralph Nichols were using at the time, managing to embrace new and emerging technologies to to bring their stories to the world, and at the same time engage with and revive culture and, nor- and knowledge from thousands of generations previous. Mm. 
And with the discovery that I guess sparked the I then I guess knowledge that Bill Onus mm. was actually a filmmaker, how did it feel for you watching a film that was created by your grandfather and I guess a discovery that you weren't necessarily familiar with them as being a filmmaker, how did that make you feel? It was extraordinary, you know. Yeah. I, I knew that my grandfather had had filmed stuff, yeah, right. but had been under the impression that all of the films that he'd made had been lost in a caravan fire in the 1960s, yeah, right. long, long before I was born. So to see pieces of my grandfather's work, to see living and breathing bodies on a screen who were so strongly engaged in reaffirming their identities was was incredibly powerful for me and it it gave me an insight into aspects of my grandfather and my family that I think I had I had always innately felt and and suspected were there but to have that reaffirmed and to be able to go on on this journey of reconnecting with with community and and elders was was an extraordinary gift, extraordinary, and one for which I'll be forever grateful. Yeah. And as the co-director for this film as well, and it sounds like it would have been an amazing journey in piecing it all together and mm. discovering all of the, I guess, archival images and video that had been used to piece together the documentary. How was that process in working as a co-director? It was, it was quite wonderful. I'm, I'm very fortunate that uh, my colleague Alec Morgan is such a gifted researcher and filmmaker as well. And we've, right from the very get-go, when Alec first came to me with this idea, after having found the film in the archive, this notion of working together seemed really logical. Mm. It seemed logical because so much of the work that Bill had done was about stepping across cultures, about collaborating and working with non-Indigenous creatives and others who wanted to use their privilege and their voice to be able to advance a story. I knew Alec from his his work previously, I didn't know him personally, but knew him mm-hmm. from his work making films like Lousy Little Sixpence, mm-hmm. which is an extraordinary film from 1983 and disturbingly in some ways still as relevant now as when it was made. Mm-hmm. But it was a wonderful opportunity to bring together our various expertise in that space. And I think, well, we've managed to work together on this film for nearly seven years and uh, and we haven't killed each other, so we must be doing something right. Yeah. But it's a, lovely, it's a lovely space to be able to build that together, I think. And even for myself as a visual artist, I've always felt that my practice really shines and thrives when I'm collaborating, when I'm working with someone else. And indeed, film in many ways, whether whether one is co-directing something or having to work with a creative team, it it, it is, I suppose, the um, the the absolute peak of of collaboration. You can't do this without collaborating, and mm. to be able to share this space with with Alec and go on a journey for him, and and all, with him, and and to be able to have a non-indigenous voice in the room that that was willing to stand up and carry some of that load as well was 
was incredibly important. That it gave us space for each of us to have our own responsibilities in this narrative. It gave us space to be able to explore. And I think most importantly, it allowed us to take on the responsibilities of stories from our own from our own perspectives. It, it's a huge weight off um, off me, for instance, when I'm not the one having to, to continually tell these stories on my own. But also that we do create the space where we're able to engage with perhaps more unsavoury aspects of our shared history, mm. but then at the same time have a very strength-based dialogue mm. about the stuff that has happened right. Yeah. And talk about ways that we want to move together forwards in the future. Yeah. And in terms of, uh, I guess, the storytelling that is done through the documentary and obviously with documentaries there's just so much research that goes into it and mm. with that initiation of, I guess, Alec coming to you with this archival footage and then just kind of working it out from there, it sounds like an amazing journey and I'm sure that you would have learned a lot along the way and heard, I guess, mm. I'm assuming a lot of stories from families or uh, different people that you know or maybe met along the way. Can you explain maybe a bit about that and how that experience has been for you? It's been at times quite an emotional journey to go on. Yeah, right. It's been it's been difficult, but the but the rewards have yeah. also been been vast in this as well. You know, the, even even in in my own family. Mm. Rarely do we give ourselves, I think, the space and the time in our lives to ask these questions of ourselves, to really engage with our own family history. And, and Bill is someone who I've always felt very close to in my life, yeah. even though he died before I was born. Mm. I've I've felt very much a part of his story, and I've felt that he's very much a part of my story. Yeah. But even in opportunities, to, for instance, to speak to my own mother mm. about stories of her father-in-law that I didn't know. Having having reached uh, my my adulthood, never having heard those stories from mum was something that was really significant. It, it paints a picture of my grandfather as a as as more of a real person in many ways, and certainly connecting up with old aunties and extended family members who have. The memories of, of Bill when he was when he was much younger and and the the vibrancy in life that he had was was a real a real gift and it and it, the the privilege that comes with that is not lost on me that I was in a position and I am in a position to be able to to tell these stories and go looking for them and to keep engaging the, the opportunity to do that type of research is not something that necessarily comes to all of us I'm I'm very live to that and. It has been the most extraordinary journey and, and gift. In many ways, I've learned new things, but perhaps mm. more importantly for me, it has reaffirmed mm. my sense of who my grandfather was, mm. my, the sense of what I do now and whether he would approve. And I, I, I tend to largely think that he would, which is, which is handy, but mm. it's... It's been a, an extraordinary opportunity to look through a window and to create images, not just of the past, but to build up 
as real people, mm. as individuals who, who have thoughts and dreams and and are able to articulate them. And whilst I'd been conscious of so much of this, I don't think it, the gravity of these stories had really set in much until this opportunity came along. Yeah, beautiful. And I think it's just such an important documentary as well. I mean, for me, as a First Nations woman growing up, people like your grandfather, Bill Onus, is just such a prominent and leading figure in Aboriginal activism and alongside people like Uncle Douglas Nichols. And I just love that you've really dedicated and spent so much time in pulling together the documentary Ablaze, which is being premiered at the Melbourne International Film Festival which is such an amazing achievement and such a special thing to share with. I guess, obviously, for you, it's been an emotional and personal journey in discovering more about your grandfather, but I think just sharing that also with the broader community of this country, but then I would assume that internationally as well it would be quite opening, eye-opening, and that's just so amazing and I just wanted to say well personally congratulations on that achievement and it is being premiered this this uh myth that's coming up later this month Mm -hmm. as well uh can you explain a bit more about what's expected ahead like will we be seeing a number of other screenings of it we will so yeah Yeah. it'll it'll premiere at um at the Capitol Theatre and then at, uh, at ACME, the Australian Centre for Moving Image. Yeah. Uh, it'll be doing some regional shows as well, so uh, people will be able to catch a blaze in uh, Geelong, out on Wathorong Country, on um, oh, on yeah. Jar Jar Country, up in up in Bendigo, and up on up on Yorta Yorta Country in oh, yeah. Chuka yeah. as well. It'll be going to Antenna Festival in Sydney uh, later. Uh, this year, and certainly uh, there will be a distribution after that as well. So it'll do some international festivals, but it will yeah. it will get out to um, to the broader community uh, here. Umbrella Entertainment will be doing the, the distribution of that. So it is around. It um, it will be it will be shown. I, I know, especially with the restrictions around COVID and things, mm-hmm. it can be particularly difficult to get to see things at the moment. And indeed, Alec and um, our producer Tom Zabriskie are both stuck in Sydney and can't make the premiere. The poor things. Yeah. So I'll um, I'll be having to do some of the um, some of the panels uh, and discussions and things on my own. But yeah. the uh, the opportunity to bring this story to the world and to acknowledge that this is a story about. Certainly, Bill is a central character, but for me, it's very much a story about community too. Yeah, yeah. It's a story about all those people, like like Uncle Doug and others, who are there mm. in that space, sharing these stories as well. And I think for me, that's been really important, acknowledging that sometimes we can get caught up in one in one narrative, but mm. that we would not as Aboriginal people be where we are now were it not for the strength of our communities and our families. Yeah. And that is is really valuable to me, I think. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I love community and I love that 
this movie is very much, or documentary is very much about community as it is about telling the story about your grandfather, Bill Onus. Tariki, thank you so much for joining me on the mission for a yarn. It's been so wonderful to learn more about the story that I guess goes behind making the documentary, but then also learning more about your grandfather as well. I really do appreciate it and highly recommend that everyone gets along to see A Blaze, which is at the Melbourne International Film Fest but I'm sure that they'll, it, as as Tariki just explained as well, it'll be screened regionally as well. Um, thanks again so much, Tariki. Oh, thank you. It is an honour to share this space with you, sister. Thank you. Thank you. You are listening to The Mission on 3RRR and it's been a really lovely pleasure to hang out over the last few over the last hour or so I have been filling in for Daniel James and my name is Vanessa Morris and I have been having a few yarns and that one just then was with Tariki Onus who is a co-director of a documentary called A Blaze which is about their grandfather Bill Onus a leading warrior and yorta yorta activist and entrepreneur who has done a lot of work in Aboriginal rights and earlier in the show I also had a chat with Palawa woman and artist Thelma Beaton, who also has some artwork on display at the Cahunian Gallery in Brunswick called Banya Banya Nontia. I highly recommend definitely getting along to that. Up next is Superfluity, and I'll catch you another time. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's The Mission, a weekly radio show exploring the issues that impact the lives of Aboriginal people and those at the wrong end of social justice in this country. The mission is broadcast live on Triple R every Tuesday evening. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website.